0: Hello and welcome to TG Talk. I'm Kyle Shadow, your host and one of the coordinators for chapter development for SAE. TG Talk is an all-new initiative brought to you by the Sigma Alpha Epsilon Foundation. Together with the fraternity, we're hosting bi-weekly discussions on fraternity updates, best practices, and chapter operations. This week, we're focusing on alumni engagement and are joined by John Sabalas, Province Archon from Province New, and the Council of Province Archon's Chairman, and Ryan Gibbons, Manager of Alumni Engagement for SAE Fraternity. John and Ryan share their perspectives on how to engage with local and chapter alumni, building an advisory board to fit chapter needs, and how young alumni can get engaged after graduation. Come sing to Sigma Alpha Epsilon <laughs> <laughs> Epsilon. Thank you both for joining me today. Um, start with John. Uh, where did you go to school and what made you join SAE there?
1: So uh, it's, it's a good question. I went to a school called SUNY Oswego. It's in upstate New York. Think about it. It's about four hours north of New York City. Originally went there to uh, play hockey. So when I got to Oswego, I was, uh, I was a tryout for the hockey team. And then I had a friend of mine from high school who was already – in SA. Well, not like a, a friend, but like I knew him in high school and, uh, and he was already, he was already a member and he's like, Hey, have you ever thought about checking it out? And, um, I was like, no, I'm playing hockey, you know? And, uh, he's like, I just think it's something different. I think you'd really like it. I went to a couple of rush events. I met a lot of the guys there and, uh, it was, it was something different and I really wanted to, to try it. So I joined and uh, made made some really good connections and don't regret it since. So that's uh, how I got in, was from a buddy of mine from high school.
0: Nice. And what's, uh, what's kept you involved post-graduation?
1: Um, it's, that's another good question. Um, my first, so when I was a senior, um, I went to a New York City alumni event um, in, in between the spring and the fall and spring semester. And, um, you know, I was able to network with a couple of people, uh, which was really cool. But my first job offer was actually given to me uh, from from an alum at Cornell at a career fair in Oswego. And that's when I was like, wow, this is is pretty cool. So I've always wanted to um, maintain that aspect of it because I saw the bigger value. Like, I feel like it's really hard for undergraduates, especially if they're not if they don't have a well extensive alumni network, which we didn't have locally, because we were still fairly young. But when I got to see it from a larger national perspective, um, it made me want to stay engaged as an alum. Uh, so that's sort of why I still stayed involved so much. Um, the other part of it as well was I was really involved as an undergraduate on my eboard in Greek Council. And uh, I always interacted with, uh, The existing province council so like Jerry and Bach and uh, Aaron Seiden Uh, so those guys sort of paved the way for me to want to get re-engaged with the province and as soon as I graduated um, I jumped right on as the treasurer so um, that's another aspect to it that I had as well.
0: Nice and what would you say has been your favorite as a province archon or since graduation what's been your favorite moment in working with chapters?
1: Um, You know, uh, there's, in terms of working with chapters, probably colonizing um, and setting up new groups. I think that's a really exciting part for me um, because it's funny. I I got to go to a couple of like, I I was younger at the time and um, this was not in my province necessarily, but um, it was actually when we started NJIT and with uh, (laughs) Adam Beckerleg and we were We did like the, like they did just did a table setup. And it's funny that you get to talk about your experiences as an essay and why you think it would be so cool to have it at that campus. And to be able to tie your experiences to to kids that just don't really know, I think that that's a a really exciting part for me. Um, But working with the chapters, um, you know, just trying to you know, so that's one part of it. I know they're not chapters, but, you know, the colony development was really exciting for me, but when I get to work with chapters, just seeing how this stuff works day to day, and seeing how um, chapter relations has evolved over time, I think has been really interesting as well. Um, it's funny, because I make fun of, you know, all the undergrads now, because uh, make fun of the new generation, but I remember guys making fun of me, and it's it's funny to just see how that, how that continues to evolve, so, but it I, I just think the authenticity of working with the uh, undergraduates is, is a
2: really cool part of it.
0: Cool, thanks. And turning to Ryan, um, where did you go to school and what made you join SAE?
2: Uh, so I actually went to uh, an engineering school, Tennessee Tech. I did not do engineering there, uh, but I did go to there. <laughs> um, I joined SAE actually, uh, it's probably a lot of people probably have a similar experience. Uh, I didn't plan on joining a fraternity, I went, went to school. Uh, But my college was in my hometown that I grew up in. And while I loved high school, I didn't want college to be four more years of high school. Um, So when I went through orientation, uh, my orientation leader was uh, involved in a fraternity. And the way he was talking about it made it sound like something that uh, would be enjoyable, a way to meet new people, and a way to kind of make college not feel like high school uh, for another four years. Um, So, My older brother actually was best friends with a lot of the SAEs. Um, So when recruitment came around, he took me down to the house, introduced me to some people. Um, It felt like home right away Um, and haven't regretted it uh, one second. So,
0: And you work for the organization. How long have you been working um, at the Fraternity Service Center?
2: Believe it or not, mid-August was uh, my four-year anniversary of uh, being up here uh, in Evanston working for the headquarters, so.
0: Great. And what's been your favorite moment working for SA? I know you work with more alumni than undergrads, but what's been your favorite moment in working for SAE? You
2: know, I don't know if I can pinpoint a moment per se, but probably my favorite thing about working for the organization has been uh, being able to travel and interact with so many people from different backgrounds all over the U.S. and just uh, hearing about their experiences as undergrads and now as alumni and how they stay involved. That's probably my favorite thing.
0: Great. And alumni engagement really is our topic of focus this week. Um, And strong alumni engagement is something that every chapter is working towards, whether it's for networking, fundraising for a project at the house, or building an advisory board. Um, So as we dive into that, Ryan, what are some ways chapters can engage with their alumni in normal times or now virtually to try and get them engaged with the chapter?
2: Sure. Uh, So in normal times, obviously, there's not too much going on in the ways of uh, events this year. But in normal times, I'd say one of the easiest things you can do um, is just host something around homecoming. Homecoming is an event that most schools have anyways. Um, and you can kind of piggyback off of the university doing most of the planning on that. Um, and you have a lot of alumni who probably are coming back for that anyways. So it really, it's really easy to get started there and piggyback off of that, uh, that event and kind of have your own little SAE events. Um, and then virtually right now, I'd say a thing that a lot of the groups are doing now that's you know, virtually, it makes it easier. You don't have to travel. They can just uh, click a link and uh, be right there. I think one of the easiest things is you could simply just invite them to, uh, you know, your chapter meeting, which is probably being hosted virtually anyways. Just send them a link. Um, it's easy for them to do and uh, may get them started and wanting to be involved. So,
0: great. And John, you work with um, all the groups up in Province, New in New York. What um, what advice would have you given chapters in the province about engaging with their alumni groups?
1: It's, it's interesting. So, um, especially here in Metro New York, where um, you have a good hodgepodge of alums from all over the place. I try to tell my groups not to just limit yourself to the chapter. Try to include some people from other, you know, that live in the area that surround you. I know um, in Oswego, one of the challenging things for us is like there's not a lot of alums who live close to Oswego. The closest is probably like Syracuse, which is about 45 minutes away. Um, for some people, that's not a big deal, but for us it is because not a lot of people stay in the upstate New York area. So trying to engage any sort of alum from wherever you are, trying to tap into uh, the different regional alumni associations. I know we've had some success with um, with our New York City Alumni Association in the past. Um, we've had some undergraduates from like Rutgers, NJIT, Hofstra, um, LIU attend some like different networking events. Um, but, you know, it's just to just to not keep it confined to just your own area, but to look bigger and larger if you have to, it helps. It really, it can really bring the dynamic um, a little, a little more, I don't know, a little more encompassing where if you're struggling with just your own local guys, you have different resources to tap into.
0: Yeah. Um, and if a chapter was said that they don't know where to start or if a chapter's young, kind of like when you joined at Oswego, what are some tips you could give um, to provide them to get them on the right track and reaching out? Like where should they start to find those alumni connections?
1: You know, what you try to find and, and, and it it's harder, right? Because um, you try to find your moat like a senior who graduated and like that still wants to stay involved and engaged but it, because they're, they're pretty much the ones that, gonna, that are going to have to spark and jumpstart that alumni group. I think the hard part as you try to find that person is to maintain a balance between alumni relations versus, versus like chapter operations because there is something to be said about having some older alums, but for those younger groups who are looking to start, they got to start somewhere. So you got, I think, for some of those groups finding your most engaged brother. And sometimes they're a little burned out and don't want to do it, but there are some who want to carry that flame and um, you're trying to find them to be able to just get some sort of organization and, and get guys rallied that want to uh, contribute and come back. So I think you know, that's, that's, that's pretty much a starting point of where you got to go and then you hope it grows. And as uh, you become older, you still stay engaged, but you want to you continuously try to find that next person
0: yeah and Ryan, I know with expansion and even on chapter development team, we reach out and utilize you to help build those connections with chapters all the time as well how same question do you of how can some chapters um get on the right track when they've they've struggled reaching out to alumni in the past
2: so John hit it on earlier if you're a recently chartered chapter who don't have many alumni of your own, there's probably a good decent amount of alumni in your area. Reach out to them because some of them still Uh, they care about the organization as a whole and not just their chapter. So they're willing to help. All it takes is an ask. Um, And as far as that goes, you know, uh, if you are an older chapter and you've just never been involved in uh, or had good alumni uh, engagement or relations, um, one of the biggest things I can say is reach out to your chapter development member or me. Uh, You can get a list of your alumni and the easiest thing to do is start a newsletter and you don't have to do it often. And it, it can be even be a simple email. It doesn't have to look pretty. Um, but get that email list and start sending out a communication. The alumni appreciate that and it feels like you want them involved. So that way when you do have an event or you have a fundraiser or something, they're more inclined to be involved in that. Um, and it, as far as that goes, I mean, MailChimp is a free platform that groups can use that it's not going to be cost them any money. Uh, you just upload the list and I believe it's up to 2,500 emails, which is a good, a good amount, but that's a great starting point. And if you do reach over the 2,500 alumni, you can always start paying a little bit. Um, but I mean, that's a great starting point is just getting those email communications and uh, newsletters out there.
0: Yeah, and a, a great resource with MailChimp too, it can show who it bounced back from. So you know, like if you need to reach out to find new um, contact information for those people so that that can be a helpful tool for, as well. Um, what are some areas that, for both of you, what are some areas that chapters can utilize alumni? Um, we talk about like fundraising and bringing them in a lot of chapters want to use, utilize alumni to get money and help improve the chapter. But what are some different areas that alumni can get engaged in um, to help benefit the chapter outside of just like um, donating funds? Brian.
2: Uh, I mean, the big one is going to be recruitment. Uh, our chapter, when I was going through, uh, they utilized alumni in their, we called it the True Gentleman Night, which was usually the bid night. Uh, so we'd have a dinner. Uh, we'd have a couple speakers, usually the president would speak, maybe the rush chair, uh, maybe an advisor, um, but we'd always have one alum who we'd invite to come, and he would always, you know, speak about his experiences in SAE, and that was always one of the uh, most captivating speeches, and usually if people were on the edge, didn't know if they wanted to do it or not, that usually uh, kind of helped draw them uh, over the edge. So I, I think uh, recruitment's big, and especially if you, keep your, if you keep the alumni involved, your chapter or, you know, area alumni uh, they can help out because they're going to know people that are growing up and going to be going to school, so they can give you those recruitment recommendations. Um, that's always big as well. So,
0: yeah, John, are there any other areas that you think alumni could help with engagement in? You know, it, that that's it.
1: You can go a million different avenues with this. I know one of the things that we started to really um, push within Province, you know, probably recently with uh, with the help of was um, when they started those CEFs, those chapter education funds. So trying to get chapters to engage with their alumni to start those up. I know there was some seed money. I forgot um, who, who it was at the foundation that started that um, that money. I think it was Curtis Frazier. So uh, I know in Province New, we had two groups that actually took advantage of, and thank you to him for starting that up. I know we, we did a huge campaign around that because uh, for some groups, there's a, there's a lot of issues with like money and trying to send your uh, your members to educational programming, and everyone's like, well, we want to go, but we just don't have the money. And I think that's a that's a great area to tap into alumni for because uh, they don't necessarily have to give the money directly back to the chapter. There are some some alums who are hesitant to do that, just giving kids a blank check. And I don't I don't necessarily blame them. You know, you're giving 18 to 21 year olds a blank sum of money, or you're giving them you know like a like an unallocated fund, but this is a great way to target and uh, directly contribute back to your chapter. So uh, we took full advantage of that and uh, so did another um, chapter in my province. So that's one of the ways that I feel like that they can uh, directly benefit the undergraduate groups.
0: Yeah, and if there's any chapters out there that are curious about if you have a chapter education fund started or how much is in there, um, you can always reach out to the foundation and they can help coordinate that for you and find out more information. Um, shifting gears a little bit, sticking with alumni, um, another w- way alumni can be engaged at a chapter level is through an alumni advisory board. Um, so when we're talking about advisory boards, Ryan, what is what is an alumni advisory board and how can a chapter utilize their support?
2: Uh, great question. So ideally, uh, ideally each chapter would have an advisory board, uh, which would involve multiple alumni. Um, with. Uh, with each one having a specific purpose, you know whether, whether they're helping on the finance side with the treasurer and the budget, whether, whether it's a guy who specializes in recruitment, he helps out the recruitment chairman, uh, or whether it's just simply helping the EA or EDA run meetings or just ch- basic chapter operations. Ideally, you'd have several guys serving on this function. You know, obviously, not all of our chapters have this. Uh, it's our goal, um, but it shouldn't come down to just one guy. The chapter advisor can't do it all. And uh, if he does, he's gonna quickly get burned out. You need to be able to have multiple avenues uh, to be able to reach, reach these guys in times of need uh, if you do need anything, so.
0: Yeah, and John, how, how do you believe an advisory board should operate or and provide support to a chapter?
1: It's funny because, um, you know, Ryan's talking like ideally, it's supposed to do a lot of these things. And I feel like for a lot of undergraduate chapters, now you're lucky if you can even get more than one person to get involved to provide some guidance um, so, I mean, ideally you, you would love to have this board. I know, um, you know, it's, it's funny because the most successful chapters that you see in the realm have these successful alumni boards. It's so hard to replicate because the cultures at all these different universities can be different. Um, there's no, I'm not trying to um, make excuses or anything like that, but it's the reality of what, it's not just what we face, but other Greek orgs as well is at different cultures, different campuses lend its way a little bit easier to this but ideally if you had an alumni advisory board um this is where the provinces can start to lend a little assistance as well i know we've been talking about this as a council province archons and how can we help these chapters form these alumni boards to operate and provide support Um, you know it's exactly what ryan was saying Um, i don't necessarily think it should always be in the day-to-day i think that's why we have the fraternity service center but I think in terms of like different pieces of advice, where um, I don't know, like, you know, certain situations pop up in the chapter where uh, you feel a little bit more comfortable talking to an alum. And, you know, it's, I just feel like there's something about like that connection with an alum where I think that advisory board, especially members within it, um, can provide that kind of support. I, it's hard for me to like really like say what it is because I, I again, I don't think it's necessarily the day to day stuff, but. I don't know, weird things like, hey, like, you know, I was part of this club and, you know, the fraternity's taking up a lot of my time. Like, how did you manage to balance that out? I feel like there's some real, like, real like college experience stuff that can, like where the alumni boards can help out undergraduate members. Um, And ideally where else I can see it fitting is um, alumni boards helping with like officer transitions. I know we're we're piloting some of that with one of my chapters here in the province right now. where they do help with that a lot. The alumni boards are very involved with the officer transitions and um, and with their uh, their retreats. Oh my gosh, use your big boy words, John. And um, you know that, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a vital role, but as province archons, we have to help create some of this as well. And we're, while we don't have it right, we're, we are trying to define where we can help with that,
0: so. Yeah, and I, I think a big place that chapters can start is to what they want out of an advisory board. If it's specific areas, what, what a chapter is trying to accomplish, and then you can search out alumni to help with those specific things. So like if member education is a role that the chapter has been struggling with, finding someone that can dedicate their time to one specific area and doesn't have to fill that chapter advisor role necessarily um, can help in getting some more alumni engaged and they can do it in a virtual setting. It doesn't have to necessarily be someone local to the chapter um same to john of how do for the groups that do have an advisory board running it how do they differentiate um supporting the chapter versus dictating or trying to like relive the glory days through their advisory board experience
1: that's funny we do i feel like it goes back to one of your previous questions you were asking me about how do you even start an alumni association if you're a young group um this is actually pretty difficult for um for some alums and I, I, I can't blame them because some of your best days of being an SE and of a, a, a college are being an SE. So it, it's tough because you you want, I mean, even myself, I want my experiences to be for the undergraduate members there too. Sometimes though, like it was a different time and you can't do that. Um, I think as, as an alum, when, when I talk about when you're supporting it versus trying to relive the glory days, I think the thing I I try to tell with with my alumni groups is how long do you want this to be here for? Because I think what you're trying to do is preserve what's going on. So that way your kids can experience it as well. Um, So when you try to differentiate like the support versus like trying to relive, it's like, how are you gonna help maintain the group moving forward? How are you gonna support them in the right way? Try to do the right things, but also try to balance that out because there are some times where guys are gonna wanna come back and And, and it happens. It's 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 a reality. But you know, we're trying to preserve the organization for the longer haul. And I feel like that's just it's a larger conversation, especially as an alumni board, um, that you got to have with each other because it's like we can all go back as a group of five, seven men, throw a great alumni weekend that looked like uh, two thousand and one, or do we want to, or do we want to, you know, make sure that these guys are are doing the right thing and, and exemplify some of that stuff. And I feel like it's uh, it's like leadership one-on-one, you lead by example. So um, it, it's it's tough. I don't have the right answer for it, but um, I think if you keep the vision of you're here for long-term preservation and commitment uh, of, of the organization, I think that's how you try to sell that when it comes to the advisory of, of the undergraduate chapter. Yeah,
0: and- Ryan and John kind of mentioned the alumni associations and that being a place to connect with each other, how can the advisory board serve as kind of a bridge between our alumni associations and the active chapters?
2: Sure, Uh, so some of these chapters, sometimes the chapters get these kind of intertwined uh, and they sort of act as the same thing, Um, which is certainly possible as long as you have well-defined roles, Um, but ideally for these groups that do have both an advisory board and a chapter alumni association, ideally you'd have one guy from the association who sits on the advisory board. Um, you know, they may deal in alumni relations or whatever it may be. So that way, they know uh, if the chapter needs money for a certain thing, they can relay that to the alumni association, who can do the fundraising. Uh, and it's a good idea to always know for the alumni association who's usually not. Not in the day to day operation, they don't always know what's going on in the chapter. Um, if something is going on, that guy can always relay that to the association um, and then they can step in if they need be. Um, but ideally, both groups should have both um, because you want your alumni associations to be the ones who are planning your homecoming event or uh, in, all, in conjunction with the chapter, of course, or you know an alumni golf tournament. Uh, so forth, you want the alumni association to do that, and the alumni association should also have their own bank account. They should never, never be sharing with the chapter um, or anything like that. But ideally, ideally, they should be separate. But you should have kind of an intertwined with one guy sitting on the advisory board.
0: Perfect. Yeah, and so moving into kind of the last segment here, typically we get away from the business of SE side and talk about the more enjoyable parts of the fraternity experience, but. Being an alumni member is an enjoyable part of the SAE experience. So, kind of continuing with that route since graduating. And this doesn't have to be in your time in volunteer or staff roles, but what has been your favorite moments um, as a graduate member of SAE, alumni member? There's a lot. Like I said, it's hard to pinpoint
2: one moment, but if I am pinpointing one moment, uh, would have to probably be being the best man at one of my chapter brother's weddings. Um, Just seeing everybody come out and support and just, everybody having a good time um, like the old days um, and of course we our chapter also always holds a summer golf tournament so it's always it's always great seeing everybody and you, you know even if even if we are all in different spots now it's great to always know that you can always come back for events like that uh, or you can always reach out if you do need anything they're always there even if even if you're not seeing them you know every day in the house like you used to so oh, boy
0: your
1: favorite moment as an SA since graduating. I mean, being involved has been pretty cool. It's opened up a lot of different friendships that I never thought I would ever make. Like, um, I don't know, the, invo- the involvement I've had since being a province archon and uh, with it being my, it's bittersweet. Um, so meeting like new people is, has actually been probably one of the highlights, you know, but like just getting super connected. I think that's been really cool. But another thing for me on a personal level is seeing our chapter go, uh, to their 20th anniversary last year, which was really cool. Um, saw brothers that I haven't seen since I was an undergraduate that alumni weekend. So to have over 150 of us at that to be able to to see it really come around and uh, that's that's actually been pretty cool. But yeah, to echo Ryan's statements as well, like being involved, like having two essays in my wedding, being a part of that as well is is probably one of the that's up there as well. And seeing them have kids, that's even better. That's uh, that probably takes – yeah, that's pretty
0: up there. Yeah, and how – you kind of hit on it a bit, but how – so since March or since we've been kind of stuck in our own world with COVID, how have you guys been able to maintain those relationships with either your chapter brothers or with members that you've met in both of your roles um, throughout the country over this time? Go ahead, Ryan. Um, I, I think a lot of groups have done this, and
2: uh so – I'm certainly not the first person to with this, but we did, uh, I actually did a zoom call with all of my pledge brothers one night. Some of them I'm very close with. Some of them I hadn't talked to, you know, in a while uh, going off John, one of the guys announced that he, his wife was pregnant with their first child on our zoom call and we were the first people he told. So uh, that was pretty wild. And it was just like the old days. I mean, I was hearing stories that I'd forgotten all about. Um, I mean, it, we were on there for six hours. We, we had a blast. Um, so I, I can thank COVID for that, that one good experience that we probably wouldn't have done otherwise. Um, so it's definitely a good call. If nobody, if you guys haven't, if you're listening to this and haven't done it, uh, it's definitely worth looking into, uh, very enjoyable. Um, and it's just like you're together again. So. Yeah.
1: Um, Ryan, actually, that's a really cool idea. I've never thought about like having like a, because for some chapters and stuff, especially in mine, like, uh, what used to be pledge classes were huge. Like you're super tight with your pledge class. So that's, a, that's actually a really good idea. I'm going to actually post that in my group later this weekend. That's love it. Uh, but it's funny because, uh, with my chapter brothers, some of them are my best friends. So we've, we've met like every week virtually. And it's the same thing. Like he said, we just found out, uh, his wife is also expecting. We were some of the first to find out. So that's been that's been awesome. Um, I haven't spoken to them probably in about a month now virtually like that, but we were doing it pretty like pretty much every week throughout like March and April, and then it was like every other, and then you know, things started to loosen up, uh, it sort of sort of fell by the wayside. But it's funny, it, it's sort of, you know, being in isolation sort of brought you wanting to reconnect with with people you take that stuff for granted Um, but yeah we've been we've been doing stuff like that just to stay connected nothing really crazy that I can think of that we've gone above and beyond to do
0: yeah the both of what you mentioned those are things that post quarantine post COVID these are things that can continue now that we're all in separate parts of the country so that's it's a starting point if nothing else that COVID brought us in this sense um, my last question for both of you, it might be the same answer, but we can hear your different perspectives. If, I, if someone's a young alumni moving to a new city, town, what can they do to get engaged um, in different areas?
2: So I'm going to speak ideally again. Ideally, you'd be able to go to our website and go to alumni and look at a map and see if there's an uh, alumni association in your area. Hopefully, we'll have that soon, but as of now, we don't. Um, so you can reach out to me. I can get you connected and reach out to a province Archon like John. Uh, even if it's the province Archon, for instance, if it's the province Archon in Tennessee and you're moving to Chicago, reach out to that province Archon because he's going to know who to get you connected with. Um, so just, just reach out and ask. And uh, I mean, and you can always start a new alumni association. There's SAEs all over, uh, all over the U S and all over the country. Uh, I mean, we have a alumni association in London, so you can get involved anywhere. You just have to, have to ask and uh, reach out and we'll uh, put you in contact.
1: Yeah, so uh, you email rgibbons at sae.net and he'll get you you lined up. But no,
0: that's,
1: (laughs) it's funny. So uh, it's it's a good question. I'm gonna tell you how I actually met some people in the New York City alumni area, I think was through Ryan, uh, who actually, I think you've sent maybe two or three my way. um, And they've been able to, we've been able to get them connected with our New York City alumni president who then like invites them to our socials that we used to have once a month and so forth. But Brian's uh, definitely a big piece of that. Um, but I think the question was like, what can I do to get engaged? I think it, the first thing you're going to do is you just going want to meet people, see where they're from. Um, from there, generally your alumni association that you connect with should be able to get you engaged with the Province Archon or the Province Alumni Secretary and find out what areas, where can they help out if they're looking to get even more engaged or do something Uh, What can they help with? Or even if that alumni association needs help and they are looking for people to just get more involved, um, just having those candid conversations like, hey, you know, like, what can I do? Like, I have expertise in this and that. And it works out pretty well. At least that's how we've gotten most of our guys. Now, um, you know, you got to find the right fit and stuff like that. But that's, that's how it works out.
0: Well, thank you guys both for joining today. Um, Do you have any parting messages or where can people connect with you? I guess, John, specifically for New York, if people are moving that area, and Ryan, just in your role, where can people um, get connected with each of you?
2: Um, Yeah, as John uh, already gave out my email, I'll uh, repeat it here. It's rgibbons at sa.net. That's R-G-I-B-B-O-N-S at sa.net. You can shoot me an email anytime. Uh, and you can also reach me at my office lines 847-424-3031. Um if you have any questions at all, whether it's, you know, getting your chapters uh alumni involved, uh, or if it's getting involved in SAE uh on a volunteer level or just uh where you can go to events in your new city and meet people, uh just reach out. I'll be glad to uh get you connected. So
1: yeah, you can um you can definitely email me as well. It's uh, a at gmail.com. I'm sure Kyle will throw that into uh, whatever communication he puts out to get this podcast out. Um, I'm, I'm living just North of the New York city, Metro area. We are restarting. We used to be really large. So getting, uh, if any of you are moving to the area, living in the New York city area and looking to get re-engaged, we will be rebooting our New York city alumni association. So reach out to me. Um, we want to get that going and uh definitely willing to connect so uh, we're excited for that
0: thank you for joining us for another episode of tg talk i want to thank john and ryan for being our guests this week and sharing their alumni perspectives alumni engagement is something many of our chapters strive for and john and ryan shared some ways to start interacting now Utilize this time in a virtual setting to connect with alumni who may not be able to make it back to campus very often. Alumni engagement starts with the chapter. Remember to communicate with your chapter alumni on a regular basis and share updates on what is happening on campus and chapter successes. If you're a younger chapter, reach out to the Fraternity Service Center and we can help connect you with alumni local to your campus. If you want more information on alumni engagement or if you're an alumni member looking to get involved, reach out to Ryan or any member of the Fraternity Service Center and we can help point you in the right direction. We'll be back in two weeks for another episode of TG Talk. Remember to like and subscribe and Phi Alpha.